Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, British Grand Prix edition. The gaps between the letters become more and more every single intro, I think. But uh, you might be thinking, wow, guys, you're looking a little bit tanned. That's because we were at the British Grand Prix melting getting absolutely fried at the WTF1 clubhouse where we camped with loads of fans. And uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of quite glad to be inside with a, you know, a bit of air con just firing at me and it's still very hot, isn't it guys? It is. I, I, you say tanned more like Ferrari red. Nice. Yeah. It was very warm this weekend. Yeah. Almost too warm, not to be like one of those Brits, but it was very hot. I know, well, so, I will we just be. complain, don't we? You know, we always want that fine sort of 22 degree light breeze conditions, but we would have absolutely taken those conditions over heavy rain and camping in those conditions. So uh, anyway, moving on to the British Grand Prix, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. So let's start with some three word race reviews. Michael Can says, Lewis screwed Max. P underscore gauge underscore Max is okay. And Bonu FTW Leclerc deserves win. Now, obviously the first one, oh, not the first one, the second one, Max is okay. And first of all, probably to mention that is a good sign, obviously that he has, a, was it a, a hurting neck, but that's about it from what? Yeah, which is pretty impressive, really, for the impact. I mean, 51G, to put it into perspective, I think the Grosjean's crash was 53G. So... It's like along the same levels of impact, obviously you don't have quite the the same angle and everything, but it's a pretty scary incident. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the video as well that's doing the rounds of someone where, that recorded at COPS. Um, and that is very terrifying when you see the car flying towards them at that speed and all the gravel sprays at the crowd and stuff. And the tire had literally come off the car. Yeah, well. that uh, is very scary. Which was very concerning indeed, but... Um... Another thing that was also kind of what not concerning, but you know, quite not nice to hear was uh, the Verstappen radio that was going around social media as well. After he'd actually hit the wall, you could hear him sort of like, you know, really quite in pain. And but obviously, it was great to obviously for him to be speaking to the team. But there was a small amount of silence, and yeah, it wasn't particularly nice to hear. But um, but of course, you know, it's great that Max is okay. As for Lewis, Lewis screwed Max. I'm sure we'll talk about our opinions on that particular incident and Leclerc deserving the win. I think we can all very much agree that he certainly did. Tommy, your three-word race review, please. Mine is title hots up. And oh, wow, yes, I like... did. <laughs> I did say that in the clubhouse and it got a, ooh. So I'm <laughs> going to use it again because it got a decent reaction. Um, 
yeah, taking aside my opinions on the actual incident, which I'm sure we will go into, which I'm sure everyone will love and let us know their opinions. Uh, as a, uh, you know, from a neutral side, the championship not only closes right up now, but this is the first time it's got properly serious. We've had amazing wheel-to-wheel racing between Hamilton and Verstappen. And a lot of people said it was inevitable they were going to crash at some point. But for it to happen in this way and for it to be so explosive and Verstappen's there, I feel like that's the first time, uh, you know, drivers nowadays are very um, PC on their social media. You know, even if they've had a bad race, it's just like, I want to thank the team for a great weekend. We'll come back stronger. That's the first time where we've seen social media where a driver's really sort of made his point known and say, I found it disrespectful and it's a silly move and all this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's made the title really kick off. Like we said, you don't count out Hamilton and Mercedes because it's Hamilton and Mercedes, even when they crash. Max's tire flies off and Hamilton somehow manages to finish the race and win it. So you can't count them out. I was going to say, I wasn't, yeah, I don't think anyone or you were meaning uh, when you say you can't count them out that uh, it would come down to a crash. You meant no. the fact that their performance would come back. But uh, yeah, it's... Um, or just generally, just generally with count the out. Yeah, you can't count out crazy things going on. And uh, exactly. that's exactly what happened uh, at COPS. And uh, yeah, obviously the title has hot up. It's been quite, I guess... You know, quite friendly between the two of them. They've been both kind of just saying, oh, yeah, Mercedes are quicker or Red Bull have been quicker this weekend. And we haven't really had that animosity that we've seen between maybe Hamilton and Rosberg uh, at the end of their sort of relationship. So I feel like now it could get very interesting. Of course, Max, as you say, came out with a tweet saying it was disrespectful, unsportsmanlike, shouldn't have been celebrating this, that and the other whilst he was in hospital. Um, I personally don't agree with the fact that he should have muted his celebrations because, I mean, it you know, he got out of the car and it wasn't like his condition was completely unknown. Of course, he was at the hospital getting checked up. But I mean, you know, where's the line? And uh, I think the fact that we knew that Max was OK um, was 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 enough for Lewis to continue. You know, he's winning his home Grand Prix. You can understand why he's obviously elated. Um, so, Katie, what yeah. do you think? I think to talk about the celebrations and the fact that it was disrespectful. I mean, just look at Sakir last year with Roman Grosjean like that was um, a much more severe accident in terms of like the burns that um, Grosjean suffered and stuff like that and um, obviously we were all in absolute shock of what had happened um, but I don't remember Sergio Perez um, you know he that was his first win and he wasn't going to tone down any kind of celebration so Bahrain. I, sorry oh, Bahrain. Bahrain Bahrain was wait Bahrain was Grosjean's crash wasn't it not Sakir I'm sure. Yes, Bar- sorry, yeah. Sorry, Hamilton. I think, did Hamilton win Bahrain? I need to remember, but I think you're right. There was no, like, there was no yeah. muted celebration like we normally get, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think we were all just happy for that race to be over, to be honest. But, yeah, it was, um, I don't think Hamilton, I can see why people were annoyed at Hamilton celebrations and stuff, but he's probably just so happy to have a crowd there at his home race. And we've seen him in previous years, you know, crowd surfing and he thrives off that, that atmosphere. So I, I won't critique Hamilton for um, his celebrations. And I don't think he quite realized the extent of Verstappen's injuries and that he was still at the hospital at that point. I mean, he was straight on team radio asking if Max was okay and that kind of stuff, but 
yes, it certainly um, made the championship very interesting. Obviously, this is Max's second DNF, I think, in five or six races, obviously Baku and now here. Um, and like you say, it, it always seems to be Lewis Hamilton that is able to take full advantage, of, except obviously in Baku when he made this very rare mistake and went straight on at turn one. But I was certain that after that kind of crash that Lewis Hamilton would have retired from the race. I thought that was it. Um, and Mercedes have come out and said, had it not have been for the red flag that we saw as a result of Verstappen's crash and repairing the barriers and stuff, that they would have probably retired Hamilton. And they said, we'd failed the rim where we'd had the contact with the front left. Um, and that would have been a DNF had it not been red flagged. So um, I suppose lucky on Hamilton's side about the red flag, but I'm sure, you know, Lewis Hamilton doesn't want to have all this negative press and people leaving him like repulsive, disgusting racist comments in his um, Instagram comments and stuff like that, like just absolutely unforgivable. You know, Hamilton doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be sending Max into the barriers. They want to be having fair fights on track. Like, and so it's just a shame that everybody's taking this as oh well Hamilton did it deliberately and now he's being really arrogant celebrating in front of his home crowd I think it was just a series of events that it could look like that from the outside but I think us F1 fans know that that's not who Lewis Hamilton is and that's not the case and sorry if you can hear somebody's decided to like mow the lawn behind me so no, if can't you can't hear it don't worry pick that. It's okay a, that's it's fine <laughs> it's, a, it's a silenced lawnmower um, I would probably disagree that I think everyone's saying that Hamilton did it on purpose. I think you know social media can give you this representation or this false representation of what everyone is saying or thinking when in reality it's the haters that shout the loudest. You know, we've learned that uh, very much firsthand ourselves where, you know, it might be the most liked comment, but I highly doubt that the majority of Formula One fans think that Lewis did that on purpose or, you know, has that in him. It's more just the fact that people, Max Verstappen fans are blinded by their, well, Tommy can probably give us uh, an idea of what that's like to be blinded by Verstappen love. But, um, but you know, when you support a driver, you're angry that someone else has taken out your driver. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, I'm not saying that it's what they've been saying has been horrific. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, saying or criticizing a driver, which is fine. You know, you're allowed to do that jump on social media. It's where people take it 10 steps too far is uh, is the problem and we see it in, in all kinds of sport don't we i mean we saw it yeah, in the yeah. euros uh, not too long ago as well when england didn't get through to the final it's, it's disgusting and it needs to change i was um, going to mention that actually like you you both have kind of mentioned it earlier and I, I did want to say something about that that you know everyone's allowed an opinion and you're allowed to think that it's hamilton's fault you're allowed to think it's verstappen's fault you're allowed to think even you're, you're even allowed to think that hamilton did it on purpose but you don't like start getting abusive and racist and all that kind of stuff and it's just like it's just disgusting behavior and it's such a shame that you know this amazing title fight these things have to happen the racist abuse that Hamilton's received it's appalling really one day there'll be some something to help this whole situation especially on social media with so many people behind profiles and things that you know it's, it's, it's a topic for another day in yeah. terms of how we fix it. But um, yeah, I think we stand uh, united in the, in the sense that, you know, it's not acceptable. Um, and yeah, we just don't want to see that sort of stuff. Uh, right. Let's talk about, well, let's have a question actually from Swap Nil Send 9. Do you think the hit from Hamilton was deliberate because Merck was saying that they just <laughs> need one max DNF to get back into the fight? absolutely wholeheartedly <laughs> with every fiber of my being no lewis hamilton is a seven-time world champion and he has never once really 
done a Michael Schumacher. I know I'm a Schumi fanboy, but he's never done a Michael Schumacher-esque thing, in my opinion. You know, it's racing. People forget that they're racing at almost 200 miles an hour going towards Cops Corner, maybe 180, whatever it is, miles an hour when, when you're there. It is an absolute split second to make that the right call there. And it's racing. You know, accidents happen. And unfortunately, in my opinion, Lewis Hamilton made a mistake and misjudged on lap one, cold tires, full tank of fuel. He didn't get to the apex as much as he maybe wanted to. Maybe tried to match Max's speed through there. But then, you know, it might have slipped his mind that Max has much more downforce on that Red Bull than, than he had on the Mercedes. And it was very clear and evident throughout the weekend that he had more straight line speed, but didn't have uh, as good a cornering. So Max was quite pointy on the front end and managed to get his car in. Could Max have done more as well? Yes, but Hamilton did not do that deliberately. The, the fact that people are even suggesting that or kind of just says either they hate Hamilton or they love Max because I can't, for me, for one reason in my brain, think of why Lewis would have done that because, as Katie mentioned just a minute ago, they would have had to retire Hamilton as well. Hamilton's behind in the championship. He's not in front. And he's not going to risk a front left suspension ripping off to try and get Verstappen out if he can't score any points either. It's just not what goes in their heads. You know, they're born and bred racers and Hamilton just wanted to get in front of Verstappen because he knew it was probably his best opportunity. So I just won't be having any slander when it comes to Hamilton and doing it deliberately. It's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I think we've seen it bubbling up all weekend that Hamilton and Verstappen, something could happen this weekend. We saw it in Sprint Quali with a potential overtake, but Hamilton sort of backed off because it was only for so, so little points in the Sprint Quali. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there was any kind of deliberate move made by Hamilton or whatever to, to send Max into the barriers. Like, this is a competitive sport. We Like, everyone wants to win. That's the whole point. That's why they're all there. Um, but it's also an extremely dangerous sport. And we've seen that a lot, especially over the last few years with big accidents and no proper F1 fan likes to see any driver in a barrier through a crash or anything like that. So yeah, I, I can't see it being deliberate in any kind of way. Um, and I just think that, uh, yeah, people that are suggesting it to be deliberate um, need to sort of take a step back and, and have a look at how this sport is a, as a whole. And these drivers, you know, none of them want to cause harm to any other driver. Um, and yeah, it's just sad that uh, what was such a brilliant weekend, like obviously we were there on the ground and there were so many highlights to it from having the first ever sprint qualifying and what an amazing job Charles did in the race and, you know, to have Hamilton win a race because he hasn't won a race in a long time and to do it in front of a home crowd, like there are so many nice positive stories that have come from this weekend, but it just seems like all the negatives are being brought to everyone's attention. Um, but yeah, I, to, to answer the question, no, it was not deliberate at all. Yeah, I, I don't think it was deliberate. I, I'll stick my neck out and say that I think it was desperate. Um, he he kind of tried it in the sprint. We saw what an amazing run he got down Cops. They had a lot less wing, didn't they? And he could clearly get an amazing run there. But it's not deliberate. I, you know, I'm I personally think that is one of the biggest maybe not biggest mistakes but like some of the like not greatest driving shall we say of Lewis Hamilton's career um 
but that's not me saying I think he did it on purpose. It's very different to someone doing it on purpose. I don't think it's a, a Senna or a Schumacher kind of incident where he's gone in and he's gone, right, the only way that I can keep this title close or is to take Max out. He's pumped by the crowd. The crowd are cheering. You know, he's had this amazing will to a battle and he's thinking, I'm not going to let Max bully me off the road. He's gone down the inside. And in my opinion, he was never making that corner. Um, didn't back out, which is why I think it's desperate. But he's not. It's not like he's sent it from a mile down and just gone. I'm going to take Max out. It's, if, in my opinion, it's just a mistake from him, and he got a penalty. So clearly, you know, they thought it was his mistake, and they gave him a penalty. So, in my in my opinion, it's kind of like that's that. That's that. There you go. Everyone can stop talking about it now. Tommy has set his view. <laughs> I have that. solved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, it's the nature of cops being a very quick right-hander. It's the fact that it's a dirty inside line where Hamilton was forced onto. People were saying Verstappen was defending very hard throughout the entirety of that first lap. It's a miracle that they didn't come together mm. a few times before that particular moment. So Verstappen clearly knew he didn't want to lose the lead because that could have been the race as well. So they're two drivers you know, especially Verstappen he's known for this aggressive manner whether it's a to- overtaking or defending he will go to the absolute nth degree to try and stop the driver from, from getting through or for him to get through so yeah I, I, there's some sort of maybe learnings that Max can also have about how he drives a little bit I don't know because if this continues to happen over the course of the season, it's going to become more of a lottery as to who wins, as opposed to Max winning on pure pace, which he can do in a Red Bull. So there might be some sort of learning from there because Max, I don't think is completely faultless in the incident. I feel like he could have gone a bit wider around cops, but I'm not, that's not saying that it's not Hamilton's fault because it is. I'm saying that in Max's head, he's got to try and think I need to stay in this race as well. So I don't know. It's, it's, it takes it's, two to tango, like um, mm. I think Toto Wolf said. And I, I think, you know, I'm unsurprisingly more in the, the, that I think Hamilton is a really bad mistake. But yeah, there is definitely an argument that Verstappen might say, oh, well, if I just literally let off the accelerator um, and let him go, I finish second, I've got a 33 point lead before this, which will get reduced a little bit, but not loads. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not the way Max Verstappen drives. But yeah. I guess it's more an argument of knowing Cop's corner. There's so much escape road on the left-hand side. If he just gives Hamilton a bit more berth on the, uh, on the right-hand side where he is down the middle, then mm. they don't come together. I don't know. The reason, the reason I think, then, yeah, yeah but that's kind of the reason why I, I personally think that um, the move is so bad from Lewis is because. I've seen a few people compare it to, I think it was Bottas in 2019 or something when Bottas went down the inside of Hamilton. Um, But in that case, Hamilton was on the racing line. Bottas was near him, but he had a much wider line going into the corner. Hamilton was pinned against the wall by Verstappen. So he's already completely offline, um, which you could say, well, Max shouldn't have done that. Um, but at the same time, there's no way Lewis is making that corner at that speed flat out because he goes into it flat out when he's basically got the corner completely wrong because he's on the inside. And even when they touch, he still pretty much ran out completely wide. So, yeah, not 
not great. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there. You know, could Max have done more? I don't think a huge amount more, but also, you know, Lewis isn't usually involved in these kind of incidents, and that's usually where he has a calm head to not get involved in such collisions. So I wondered if like like Spain, that. But, um, like yeah. like Spain is a good example of Verstappen flying down the inside, and Lewis turned out the way, or there would have been a crash. Um, I guess you could say that maybe Verstappen doesn't have that in him quite yet. Um, and we've we've applauded his calmness uh, in the last few races, haven't we? Uh, but clearly, he's not going to back down still when it's a when it's a battle. <laughs> we interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Relief Band. We've all experienced that horrible feeling, whether it's in the backseat of a car staring at your phone after one too many on a night out with friends or even just the anxiety of a work day. Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans and in the most severe cases make us unable to function. Anyone who deals with nausea knows how awful it is. You don't need me to tell you that. That's why you've got to check out Relief Band. Even if you don't get nauseous often, it's worth giving a go for the anxiety benefits alone. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and efficiently prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now, through Relief Band, is available to the masses. It's not a product you want to miss out on. It will bring you peace of mind and help you never worry about nausea again. As you're getting ready to take that summer road trip, hopping on the boat, or you're just anxious about heading back into the office, we've got good news. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for WTF1 listeners. If you go to reliefband.co.uk and use promo code WTF1, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefband.co.uk and use the promo WTF1 for 20% off plus free shipping. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Right, next question. At Chiclair, do you think the atmosphere between Max and Lewis will be more tense going forward now Max's race was ruined by a clearly avoidable decision from Lewis? Yes, I think it's, I think it's gloves are off, as was in the thumbnail of Internet's Best Reactions. It's going to be lit. I think Max especially doesn't have much of a filter on his, in his brain. And... Clearly, because he tweeted <laughs> that quite you know, controversial tweet. And I'm sure Red Bull will try and calm him down before the next race at Hungary. It is Hungary, isn't it? I'm, I am. Yeah, it's strange it being Hungary after. Yeah. I was confused. But we are going to Hungary. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think even less room is going to be made between the two of them. And we could see them come together a few more times. Maybe it's a race to see who'll get banned first using the penalty points system. But uh, I think it'll be Lewis in that case. Because did he get two? He got two for... He's yeah. on four now. So, so why two and not three? It's a great question. Uh, and it's a question that somebody's going to ask oh. later. Oh, yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. We'll, we'll just we'll just continue with the atmosphere for now. <laughs> Car- yeah. Are we are we doing the next question or are we just, just going to carry on with that one? Well, I was waiting for you, Tommy, to just oh, right, talk about sorry. the atmosphere, my friend. Okay. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to, it's just going to get crazy between them, I think. it's I think it, it's going to get worse now. This is like... They're battling, but now this is the point where 
yeah, they've come together and clearly, you know, Verstappen's raging at Hamilton. Apparently he's unfollowed him on Instagram, which is the modern day drama of uh, the world, apparently. And um, yeah, he's just going to, um, it's going to be an exciting end to the season because I can see it not being the last time. I think everyone in the predictions, when we asked for predictions for Hungary, was just like, he's probably going to shove him off the track uh, either way, like Lewis to to Max. And I would not be surprised if there's another incident. Hopefully this time, not at 190 mile an hour corner. Yeah, well, when we were, I was discussing predictions um, with a friend for Hungary, um, who was at the race this weekend, they were saying, put in there that Lewis and Max will come together again. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But it could well happen. I think Lewis is definitely going to be the one. He's the more mature of the two. He'll read like, is it pass an olive branch? Is that the correct term? I think he'll try and be the good guy and um, say, you know, really sorry if he's happy to admit full and try and put it behind them because up until this point they've both been very mature and very respective of each other boring i'm not it it, it might boring, be boring it? it is boring no one wants to see them being nice to each other really <laughs> drive to survive definitely don't oh um, my god they're gonna love it they're they? gonna be loving it um and i cannot wait to see how it all turns out next season but um yeah i i don't know i feel like if this had happened in hungary and we then had like a three week break, then it could be worse for the Max and Lewis relationship. But where we're going to Hungary, I mean, we still have a week break, but maybe in that time, Lewis will try and reach out to Max, even though people have said he's unfollowed him or whatever. Um, and maybe they'll approach Hungary with like, it is behind us we've had a discussion all this kind of thing I know everybody is wanting it to be like full-on fight and all this kind of stuff um but this is one incident it was a massive crash like 51g is not to be you know snuffed out like that was a ridiculous crash and I'm like I said earlier I'm so pleased that Max is okay after that but yeah I just feel like the way we've seen them so far this season that maybe a crash like this would be inevitable at some point and maybe they kind of knew that in their minds and are ready to deal with the consequences of that and it won't be quite as like I hate you I hate you more I'm going to push you off here going to push you off there as much as fans I think would like that but I'm probably going to be proved completely wrong and they'll take each other out in turn one in Hungary and yeah all okay. I just said would be completely invalid <laughs> I love how you're covering, covering off both scenarios. Yeah, like yeah, obviously. Just so you said one thing either, that it will or it won't. Lovely. I'll clip the relevant thing and put it yeah. on social. Like, wow, I predicted it. Oh, wow. I'm, so... <laughs> I'm an oracle. Yeah, or the opposite way and go, oh, I jinxed it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Twitter will do that for you. Yeah. Um, right, next up, Ralph Fox underscore. How can you justify Hamilton's penalty only being 10 seconds when he put Max in the wall at 51 Gs, forcing him into hospital and then went on to win the race anyway? Now, this, this is probably one of the most irritating takes for me personally because a penalty is not adjudged as to whether or not how Verstappen goes to hospital it's not like well he only gets five seconds if Verstappen can go home 10 seconds if he goes to hospital you know like, it's not that sort of thing you know like, as much as I think the stewards are somewhat swayed by the end result, even though they're not supposed to be, I feel like they are swayed a little bit in the fact that Hamilton was able to continue with no damage and, you know, red flag period, everything kind of just made him just basically hit reset. Whereas Verstappen was out 
completely. I feel like, you know, they felt like they had to to give a penalty. But at the same time, it doesn't matter how hard he went into the wall or anything like that. The, the actual instant is what's supposed to be measured here, you know, is to be like, right, was Hamilton at fault? Yes. By how much? What what happened? What could he have done better? You know, was he forced into the air or whatever? It's all of that that they take into account, not did he go to hospital? Did he hurt his neck? That sort of stuff. You know, that's not what changes the penalty. Yeah, I think we'll... This is where the penalty point system, and we talked about this on the last podcast, this is where I think this should come to effect more because the actual penalty in the race is relevant to what happened on the track. Like you say, regardless of if he hit Verstappen and Verstappen got a slow puncture rather than being thrown into the barriers um, and it ruined his race that way. Like it should be the same penalty regardless. And like Michael Massey spoken out and said that he agrees with the stewards and the penalties they've applied. They've said one of the biggest parts of stewarding um, has been that mainstay for many, many years that you should not consider the consequences of an incident, which is true. Um, and Alex Albin, who obviously was in F1 last year, said that there is a consistency requirement where if you have a crash, it has to be a consistent penalty. Um, and it was always going to be a 10 second penalty as to what happened. Um, and that as drivers, they all agreed with that decision with with the stewards. So, yes, it's unfortunate that Max is now out of the race and it's close a championship up and all that kind of stuff like that's unfortunate if you're a Verstappen fan or if you are just Max Verstappen like that's a pain in the ass um but yeah I think we can't be going oh well Max Verstappen got discharged from hospital last night at 10 p.m he'd been in hospital for like eight hours or you know six hours or however long it was as a result Lewis Hamilton should have this that and the other added on I mean if the stewards really cared they would um like maybe have another investigation. And I think you briefly touched upon it maybe in IBR yesterday, uh, Matt, where you said that perhaps it's gonna be the Red Bull lodge a protest with this and say like, actually Hamilton's mistake, not only could have really seriously injured our driver, but you know, they've wrecked the gearbox. There's talks that maybe Honda will be able to salvage the power unit, which to me seems absolutely astonishing seeing the state of the car that it was in, um, but, Hey, the, apparently the power unit's going to go to Japan and they're going to try their very hardest to get it, get it back in its good shape. But yeah, I think maybe after like with the penalty points should be where like if you've really done a dangerous piece of driving and a driver has been seriously injured as a result of your actions, that's where that should come into effect, if that makes sense. <laughs> It does. Yeah. I just wanted to say I'm not irritated by you in particular, Ralph Fox, who asked the question. It's more the fact that, uh, you know, people go, oh, well, he put him in hospital. How's he not been banned? When in reality, it was a minor error of judgment in a high speed area of the track. Don't get me wrong. And 10 seconds were slapped on to his race time. And if he wasn't in a Mercedes, that actually would have impacted his race quite a lot. But because yeah. he's in the Mercedes, everyone thinks that 10 seconds isn't enough when mm. the, the stewards can't just slap on a stop and go to a Mercedes, but only a 10 second penalty to an Alpine because they're slower. It can't, it, you know, it can't change like that. It has to be the same for everybody. Yeah. They're gonna, they, they can't just give penalties out because at the end of the day, it seemed, I thought when the penalty was given, I was like, okay, that seems like a fair penalty for, you know, a mistake that Hamilton's done. He's taken Verstappen out of the race. Uh, and you can't, again, you can't just go, oh, it's his title rival and look, he's going to get 25 points and like work it all out that way. It's just taking a driver out the, the race with a mistake. 
Um, but, but like you say, you can't, you can't then get to the end of the race in Hamilton's one and start giving harsher penalties because then I think a famous example is uh, Jensen Button at 2011 in Montreal. He won that race. A lot of people forget that he took Hamilton out of the race. He took Alonso out of the race. He had multiple five-second penalties. And I don't think after that brilliant drive from Jensen Button, everyone was going, no, he needs, he needs a 40-second penalty now because he's won the race. So it's not, it's not fair because you've given him penalties. He gets the penalties, he takes them, and then where, where he finishes is where he finishes. You're exactly right, because if that was the case of it having to impact where you finish you get into this ridiculous situation where it's like drop back five places, drop back four places, Mercedes get a 50 second penalty, but because that 10 second penalty, if you're like Pierre Gasly, it's, it's, you're finishing 15th instead of sixth, aren't you? Whereas Hamilton is maybe finishing if you can't get past the other cars, like third. So yeah, you can't, you can't just change penalties based on what happens in the race. But I think the, I think the worry is, and it's just a bit of a silly argument because uh, I've seen this as well, where it's, um, oh, well, if you get a 10-second penalty for taking out your title rival uh, deliberately, um, what, you just do it every race. You just take out, your, like a driver, get a 10-second penalty. But it's like, if Hamilton does that in the next three races, or, well, even the next race, and it looks really deliberate, they probably would ban him. But it's yeah. a mistake. It's a mm. mistake. Exactly. As soon as it's intentional... They don't, they, you don't have to wait for 12 points on your penalty, you know, on your license to, to then get disqualified. Like the stewards can yeah. give a suspe- suspension if they deem that, you know, they've got all the data, all the telemetry. Um, but that's absolutely not what Lewis was trying to do, uh, in, in my opinion. And I think in most people's opinion, just not, not everyone's. <laughs> um, next question from Team WTF1 member Nileshi Rawell. After the incident with Verstappen and Hamilton, Hamilton only got two penalty points on his super license, but Lando and a couple other drivers such as Vettel, Mazepin got three penalty points for not correctly adhering to double yellow flags in previous races. Do you all think this is fair? No, I thought that Lewis was going to get three points on his license, to be honest, and I'm surprised that he only got two. I don't really understand what the reasoning is behind it. I think it's more just pointing at the whole penalty point system being a little bit flawed in some areas. And we've spoken it before, like the you know, incorrect position on a grid box gets you a penalty point. You know, I don't think that's, you know, if you're a millimeter off your line, that shouldn't be a penalty point and neither should potentially just crossing a white line by two meters. But yeah, I'm very surprised that causing uh, a collision like that was only, was only two points. Yeah. I totally agree. We had the, they had the same conversation about penalty points after Austria, where the penalty point should be for you've done something quite dangerous. Here's a bunch of points, um, which to me makes sense. But you know, there's certain certain things where I'm trying to look at some examples. But like you say, the, the I don't feel like that's a great example in the question because. Uh, not respecting double wave yellows is dangerous and I think does deserve a lot of penalty points. Hamilton's does deserve a lot of penalty points because for me it's a dangerous mistake that he's made. He's crashed into someone. But yeah, when you look at it in the fact that Yuki Tsunoda got the same number of penalty points for driving slightly over a white line when coming into the pits by about a millimetre, it doesn't seem like that's the kind of thing that should both set you on your way to a, a race ban. They're very different situations. 
Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the Austria review podcast that we did, I had an almighty rant about penalty points. Um, But to summarise it briefly for this, yeah, I think that things that are evidently dangerous, like speeding um, under or like not adhering to double wave yellow flags um, and, you know, causing an accident like we saw in yesterday's race at one of the fastest corners at a Grand Prix circuit on the whole calendar. And as a result, putting a driver into like causing them into a 51g crash um potentially could have injured um any kind of marshals that were there people in the grandstands like all that kind of stuff i feel like is deserving of more than two penalty points um i don't know i think three is the maximum that they can go to from what i've seen from like the last 18 months when i've been viewing penalty points because that's what i do for fun (laughs) um but yeah it's it does seem like a bit of a uh what's the the word I'm looking for like um not not enough points for the actual actions that happened and the the consequences punishment doesn't fit the crime I think yeah (laughs) I honestly like my brain has been fried from the Silverstone sun I still haven't recovered I need like a lie down in a dark room (laughs) for a long time after this podcast a dark call room as well (laughs) yeah please Um, yeah it's uh, it's been a long few days but hey we're back for the podcast we couldn't miss it uh we would have loved to have done it at the clubhouse but it, uh, time was a little bit short but uh, today we're bringing you all the insight if not just a with just a slightly heavier bag than usual under my eyes uh, right let's move on to my three-word race review now and it's we haven't I even am... got to that yet <laughs> i know, Chatting I know. All the time. it's crazy uh, it's i am grieving uh, i'm grieving the loss of charles leclerc's win because my brain, as I said in IBI, Internet's Best Reactions, 11 laps to go, comes over the tannoy, 8.8 seconds of the gap. I'm like, oh, my God, it's done. Like, it's, it's actually done. It's finished. You know, let's just go home now. Let's go get ready for the podium celebrations. And, um, and Hamilton won. So like, I was, my brain still hasn't comprehended that, really. I'm still in that moment, 11 laps to go. To be, I'm in denial. <laughs> That's basically what yeah. it is. Um, Should have just walked out the grandstand and just been like, and done whole of IBI, like, what yeah. a great win from Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, literally just a completely <laughs> deluded fan. Um, but the fact that, I mean, if you'd, have cut, if you'd have told me last week that Charles Leclerc would lead every single lap of the British Grand Prix bar three. Oh, that is painful when you put it that way. Literally. He led, he led up until lap 50 of 52. I'm going to cry. Uh, but <laughs> it, it was just so close. And I had that I'm not a fanboy, just passionate t-shirt on for IBRs thinking, oh my God. This is amazing. This is the T-shirt I've brought, and um, and it didn't happen, which is which is a massive shame because I felt like he drove his absolute heart out in that Ferrari. Uh, you know, he had problems as well. He had his engine cutting out, um, which they were working on, and I think Ferrari did say they eventually sort of fixed it during the race. But there was still time that he was losing, and on the medium tires, he was just as quick, if not slightly quicker, than the Mercedes. But when they went onto the hards, that was when the the Mercedes really came into their own. So it's a shame because I thought it was done. Tommy thought it was done. We all thought it was done, sat there in the grandstand at chapel, and it wasn't. It like I do, I do feel for you, Matt, because that's pretty heartbreaking. I mean, we saw from chapel the like gap that Charles was creating. Um, and especially before the red flag had been waved, I was certain Hamilton had damage. That would be him at the race. And I was like, well, Bottas could win this, but following you know this lack of confidence he seems to have had this season like 
Leclerc seems to have like he could have this. Um, and yeah, I feel like this the drive from him yesterday has to be one of the best drives of a from somebody all season. Like it was absolutely phenomenal. I thought I was being brave by putting Leclerc podium in the prediction graphics that we make before the race. I thought like that's that's really going out there. And then for him to like lead all of those laps, somebody um, Fangio the master on Reddit pointed out that Leclerc has now led more laps in his F1 career than Daniel Ricciardo, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so yeah, Leclerc is on 296, which puts him 50th of all time in Formula One. Um, and Daniel Ricciardo is on 292. Um, but yeah, unbelievable drive from Charles yesterday. Yeah, it was an amazing drive. It would have, if he'd have, if he'd have, you know, got over the line, it would have been a shock win basically you know that I know it's Ferrari and it's Charles Leclerc who is a race winner and we all know is a brilliant driver but there's no denying that the Ferrari is so far off the Red Bull and Mercedes when it comes to you know being able to challenge for race wins um it would have been amazing to see it because you know we want to see people like Charles Leclerc at the front and more people at the front of Formula One because you know even as someone that's not as passionate as you Matt like I've missed seeing Charles Leclerc at the front of the of the field because you want as many of the great drivers battling out for wins as possible and for me he's like top three so uh yeah it was it was awesome I was absolutely gutted it was it was strange being in a crowd obviously everyone was going absolutely crazy but to be fair everyone did um applaud Charles at the end he, he drove right near us didn't he and was waving and stuff but yeah straight at me Straight out of you, saw you. Um, yeah, he saw you, cry- he saw you crying. Yeah, he came to console you. Yeah. Um, but but oh, it would have been such a good win. But it's hungry next, and they're going to be good. So don't worry. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hopefully they will be. Um, question from Psycho Gios Akis. Isn't Leclerc leading 50 laps with the fourth fastest car and engine problems so underrated? Is this I would your argue, burner account? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would argue they were the third fastest car this weekend, um, and you know, clearly on the medium tires, their race pace was really, really good. So, I'm not gonna, as much as I am, you know, not not fanboy, just passionate. I feel like Ferrari had a pretty decent car this weekend, which is quite surprising, really, because you know, wasn't quite the same sort of track as Baku and Monaco, Silverstone, but uh, they still had decent pace. You know, Leclerc was P4 in quali, sprint quali. Yeah, Friday quality. <laughs> I'm so confused as to why. But anyway, he was top five. And so, yeah, the Ferrari was good. But then, obviously, with that incident, allowed him to be in the lead. And yeah, as I said, a brilliant drive from him. He couldn't have done any more. Clearly, just didn't have the pace on the hard tires. And, you know, whether that those engine problems that he was having the Ferrari cost him any pace in that last stint, you know, we'll never know. But it was still, I still would have taken a P2 had a. Had I known that going into the weekend, yeah, yeah. It, it says a lot, doesn't it, about the how action packed the race was. That I've kind of forgotten that the sprint was a thing, and <laughs> I, I know we did the podcast about it um, afterwards, but the, we're not really talking about it here and stuff, which is um, a, a surprise because yeah, it, it definitely didn't overshadow the race. It was just this. This was like so chaotic that um, everyone's just talking about about the main Grand Prix, but. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you that he was probably is the third fastest car. He was the fact that he got ahead of Hamilton 
Um, Hamilton was one of, like, I think if Hamilton obviously had the clear air, he would have got past him. And if Verstappen and Hamilton were in the race, I think they would have definitely gone off. But it wasn't, they weren't that far behind that, um, that he, like, it, they had enough pace to be able to hold uh, Hamilton off. And it so nearly happened. Um, it's, yeah, if maybe, you know, if he'd got that, if, if he'd got a, a a slightly bigger penalty would have done it. Or maybe, you know, if Lando had not had a botched pit stop and got ahead of um, Bottas and it took a little longer for him to get through, you never know. But uh, it's, it's painful when you're on that, about to see an underdog win and it you it almost felt like it was inevitable when Hamilton started taking the chunk out of the lead you know it's mm. really exciting but you're also like wasn't oh, exciting oh this is painful <laughs> I felt <Why>? no excitement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just dread <laughs> yeah it was uh pretty tough uh to see that happen because like you say we were all kind of rooting for Charles because it would have just been such an uh, unbelievable result coming into the British Grand Prix I don't think any of us could have predicted something like that um but like you say the Ferraris were looking surprisingly quick and pacey this weekend and it always makes me chuckle because like whenever they're really quick you know media will speak to the drivers and they kind of like well, we didn't expect really expect it like this much and it never seems to be like yep we're going to go into here and we're going to be really super quick it's kind of just like oh like the car's really well set up and um I had some sort of fear in the back of my mind because the Ferraris have struggled so much with um their tire wear especially in recent races and with Silverstone being so demanding on tires I was like this is just gonna like fall back but Leclerc and no, I he did an amazing job to hold that lead for as long as he did um and although I'm happy for Hamilton to have won you know it keeps the championship exciting in front of his fans because there were so many Hamilton fans in that grandstand with us I mean I think we might have been like the only four in our road kind of been like Charles come on <laughs> like he I was picked. certainly one of the only people sat yeah. down when he got through that's uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, overall, outstanding drive from him. Um, and I feel like Carlos also, you know, he was very unlucky with this uh, pit stop, super slow pit stop, because he said afterwards that he thinks he could have been top three, which, I mean, a double Ferrari podium in Silverstone would have been madness. I'm not sure how um, he thinks that could have happened. <laughs> well, he wouldn't, it had to have not, like, butchered qualifying in the sprint. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it, the, the, his it's... starting position is what ruined it. I think, yeah, if he'd have... Right. Done okay. a so he, he's not saying that off the back of like in the race. He's saying if I think no, he generally he, he said I would have been top three had it not been for the slow pit stop. Just the slow pit stop. That's a bit of a strange yeah, comment. That's, yeah, that's a strange. I'm pretty sure Bottas had it covered, but okay, interesting. All right, well, because uh, he was twenty odd seconds behind Leclerc uh, before they both pit. So, oh well, we uh, we move. Uh, Katie, what's your three word recipe? Mine is promising for McLaren, um, and that is the fact that we finally have both of the drivers in a top five finish, top five finish for Danny Rick, which has been a long time coming. Um, and yeah, um, good job from Ricardo to hold off science. Um, but obviously, like we said, science did have the slower pit stop, but it was exciting to watch them come around every lap and science always seemed to be really very close to Ricardo. And I was thinking, going to be a repeat of Austria wherever it was where it literally got to like the last few laps and then science overtook Ricardo and um he managed to hold him off so he did a great job and uh yeah it's amazing to 
like look back at previous years at Silverstone, I think somebody did a graphic. Um, I can't find it right now, but yeah, that at this point in like 20, I want to say 2017, that like McLaren had two points to their name or something like that, 10 rounds in, and now they're on like 160 something. So um, yeah, ridiculous, but glad that McLaren are sort of on that upward slope because it's been a roller coaster of emotion for those poor McLaren fans, especially over like the last few years. It has. And, uh, you know, the, the whole energy seems great around McLaren. You've got Lando in the form of his life. You've got Danny Rick, hopefully, fingers crossed, taking another step forward. Although I'm hesitant to say that because I've said that a couple of times and then he's then gone and had a pretty poor weekend the next time round. So we'll see. You know, maybe there's just some tracks that he feels more comfortable in the McLaren and others not. You know, that's just, you know, maybe he's just not got a complete... Uh, bit of control over that McLaren at every single venue but um we'll see we'll see in Hungary how he how he gets on but yeah it's great to see that McLaren are slowly taking steps forward I hope eventually they'll be able to join the Mercedes Red Bull Frey and maybe even Ferrari as well can you imagine if it's all four of them you know with similar pace cars next year that would be that would be sensational to watch so so yeah it was a good good weekend for McLaren but not like they were really you know, making many inroads to Ferrari. Well, they didn't make any inroads to Ferrari because Charles Leclerc finished second. But uh, still, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a great fight between those two teams for the entirety of the season. I think. Yeah, their their whole season's been really impressive, and it seems like this is one of those races. Yeah, where McLaren just need that consistency, especially with with Ricardo being up there as well. If they're going to want to take the fight to Ferrari, but yeah, you're right. Things are looking really good for McLaren. Is it was strange coming back to Silverstone two years and it being in 2019, 90% Mercedes fans, and this year was 90% McLaren fans. You know, the orange caps everywhere. You know, McLaren are in a really good place that, you know, they've got such a fan base. And um, yeah, they just seem to have, like you say, they were they were the laughing stock, weren't they? With the, with the, the Alonso and the Honda era, and like you say, getting two points uh, uh, in a whole season. I think there was, yeah, you know, they were like ninth in the championship or something, and now they're there fighting top five consistently, which is yeah. McLaren scored incredible. thirty points in the entirety of twenty seventeen. Whoa! So, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, not great, huh? No, not Good really. Era for, for for McLaren. Then it was 62 in 2018. In 2019, they scored 145. 2020, they scored 202. And this year, they're already on 163. So they are Wowza. making but the moves. McLaren. Stonks so. for McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question, John Mar 959530059. Can we talk about how Mega Lando is doing to be third in the championship rather than the Lewis Max bashing? Is Lando doing a mega job or are Perez Bottas being bottle jobs? I think it's a mixture. I think Lando's having a great season. He's taken advantage of pretty much every single race weekend uh, of the McLaren that he's got underneath him. And Perez and Bottas just simply aren't really doing a good enough job for their respective teams at the moment. So, you know, Perez has had some good moments. He's won Azerbaijan, of course. And, you know, he's shown that he deserves that seat at times. But then you had like Silverstone this weekend where he lost it under traction in, uh, you know, at Chapel pretty much, wasn't it? So there's 
clearly moments where, you know, he's losing a huge chunk of points, as is Bottas as well. And that's how Lando Norris is just like chilling there in his McLaren in P3 in the Drivers' Championship. Right now, he's going to the award ceremony, which I'm sure he was not expecting uh, at the start of the season. So I don't expect him to be there. I expect Perez and Bottas to have good results, especially with the cars that they've got. But yeah, it, I think it does show that how, you know, subpar it's been over the course of the season uh, for both those two drivers. Yeah, no, there's no doubting that Lando Norris has been a ridiculous talent this year. It seems every single podcast we get asked about Lando and we always have such high praise for him. Um, but then I think it is important to remember that people like Bottas, you know, he had a retirement in Imola which some could argue it wasn't his fault with the Russell incident. Um, Monaco definitely wasn't his fault with the pit um, incident. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why, because Lando has been so cool, calm and collected and just been there consistently and been able to rack up all these points is how he's still third. Um, but yeah, Perez, Perez is doing a good job. He had a pretty disappointing weekend, um, both in Austria and then again this weekend in Silverstone. I think Perez was one of the drivers that just seemed to be visiting the stewards the most um, from pit lane speeding to other things on track. And obviously in sprint quality, completely ruined his whole weekend um, with that incident, put him at the back of the grid. And yeah, he's... He's like you say, he's had some really brilliant moments. And after after Baku, Christian Horner kind of hinted that a contract extension for Prez was almost, you know, moments away, weeks away or whatever. Um, we'll see how he go, gets on in Hungary, but I would probably think that they'll just want to get that signed, sealed and delivered. And, um, you know, we'll hear something about it maybe over the summer break or something like that. But yeah, um, I, I don't think it's, necessarily Perez and Bottas being bottle jobs to an extent I just think that they've had a bit of bad luck and Lando's just been there consistently getting all the points um but yeah that's because he's putting on a phenomenal drive this year I can't believe he's back in third I thought once he'd once he'd dropped out of that there's no way he's getting back there it's just a case of him being there at the start of the season and then slowly plummeting down and hope he finishes maybe fifth um his consistency has been unbelievable, but yeah, Perez has had some amazing moments, but then some races where they've just been absolutely appalling. Like obviously this weekend was so bad and uh, Imola, unfortunately as well. And same with Bottas, you know, sometimes he's not there at all. Uh, and then, you know, a bit of bad luck here and there, but Lando is just so consistent. I mean, he's had one, one race out of the top five. And then I saw some crazy stat from F1 today that said he's now the, scored the most consecutive points finishes for McLaren ever which seems absolutely insane to me because that's a team that have had you know Senna, Prost, Hakkinen, Hamilton all these and won these championships and yet Lando's the one that's managed to get 15 points scoring finishes in a row it's absolutely crazy. Crazy. Yeah it's, uh, it's a very good job. Uh, from Lando. I wonder how much longer it will continue. Okay, next question. L. John MC. Should a driver outside of the top 10 be able to steal the fastest lap point? Yes. Moving on. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that. Oh, I, I mean, I don't mind. Again, it's just... I mean, I'm glad they don't get a point if they're outside of the top 10. I, I almost did think, actually, that 
it was fairer to give the fastest lap to the the, the person that's within the top ten. But then no, I'm actually I'm fine with them being able to steal it. Do you do you think? Because I didn't really realize this had happened because it's obviously crazy watching it in the stands and I've like watched the race back now. But it's fascinating that Perez obviously was it sat in tenth place and they've gone. Because ultimately, if he finishes 10th, it's one point or one point away from Mercedes, so you could argue. But the fact that they've said, you know, sacrifice your race completely so Hamilton can take away a point for Max in the title and will end up on the same constructors' points, that shows that Perez, again, you know, there's obviously talk about Bottas doing everything he could. Perez is happy to do the same thing. Um, Both teams clearly ready to use both their drivers as much as possible uh, in this title fight. But this for me is where I don't like the fastest lap point because I think it does have potential to become a bit of a fast because we've seen it in Formula E. And know Katie's <laughs> yeah. light, uh, eyes will light up now talking about Formula E. But, you know, imagine, imagine you get into that final race of the year. I know this is how the points work and deal with it, but we get into that final race of the year. Hamilton or Verstappen are winning the title and there's three laps to go, and then Bottas and Perez can essentially pit, drop down the order, take a fastest lap point, and the title changes. Um, while that's just the way it goes, and that that's the point to deal with it, I do not want to imagine the Twitter storm after something like that decides the world title. I mean, you... you... I know it's a. I know it's a might. It might happen, but it, but it did. It literally e. happened in Formula E, and two cars were driving around out. doing fastest laps to try. Yeah, and get... they took each other out at the beginning of the race, and then the championship was decided on a fastest lap. Like yeah, that genuinely did happen. That was, the, was that the first season? First or... season, I think. Yeah, second, second season. Second season. <laughs> um, I mean, it's still very unlikely that that will happen, but uh, look, if it does, it's jeopardy. You know, fastest laps actually give us entertainment throughout the season. If it gives one at the end where it's a little bit controversial. I don't know. I, I don't particularly mind it just purely because I don't think it's going to happen in Formula One with the amount of races that we have and how the point swing can happen so crazily. Uh, if we have one point separating the two after 23 races, then F1 might turn off fastest lap point for the last race. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, but I don't mind it for the course of the season, really. So, and yeah. you, you both do. So, cool. Um ABCDF one time. Now it's time for ABCDF one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was. Right then. So remember, you can vote too for ABCDF one. Just go to WTF1.com after the race and you can put your vote in as well. So let's begin with Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> the hardest grade. Ever. Ever, I mm, think. Literally. I am so going... I, I sat next to you guys in the grandstand, and I was like, that drive from coming back and closing the gap and stuff, I was like, that was an amazing drive from Lewis Hamilton. And you were both like, yeah, but he literally punted Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen yeah. off at the start. Yep. And it's really, it's split everyone. Like, even on the vote, I've never seen, and we'll talk about the fans right in a minute, but I've never seen the vote so split on an ABCD EF1 grade oh, I ever. Wonder, I wonder if we've had some Max fans going over to uh, give Hamilton <laughs> yeah. a certain grade. Uh, I'm going to give Hamilton an A. I'm going to give Hamilton a... A 
K and A. Perfect. B <laughs> or a C. I'd initially written C, but I don't know if that's too harsh because his drive back was really good. But there just doesn't sit right with me that salty Max fan your... alert. I mean, this is what I mean. Like, I, I've I've never said this, but for me, Jensen Button's win at Montreal is one of those ones where, yes, it's an amazing drive, but he's taken his two rivals out to win the race. And it's never, like, sat right with me. So I'd be a hypocrite if I did the same for Hamilton. And I'm kind of okay. like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to go between, like, both of your grades, and I'm going to go for a B because, Maybe. yeah, I think, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm pretty much echoing, like, between both of what you said like his drive his comeback drive was amazing um but I don't think I can grade him an A because there are other drivers on the grid that did not send people into the barriers um and just got their head down and did a great race so yeah I'm gonna be saying we influenced your ABCDF1 grade in the grandstands there Katie because uh you sounded like an A star kind of person after that, I and right? the grandstand I did yeah I was yeah. like that was an amazing drive Tommy was like, no, then, he's, he's taking my he's taking I actually my want to change my grade because I because of just looking at what's coming next actually uh, and a particular driver that's coming next I don't okay I could give him the same so I'm going B yeah. okay well it's a B for B-B-A. Hamilton and the fans gave him an F 33% of fans voted F, 22% were an A, and 17% were an A star. That's a big swing. <laughs> okay, Valtteri Bottas. See, this is why I've changed my grade. <laughs> I can't give him a better grade than C. Hamilton, despite the crash. I've gone for C as well. How he's not won that race is mm. actually unbelievable. Getting jumped See. both by Leclerc and Norris at the start is, is yeah. shameful. And, it is uh, actually shameful. That... And the fact that Hamilton just cruised up to the back of Norris with slightly fresher tyres, but I don't think it was a not, a, not a huge amount, was it? I know Bottas didn't have his drink, but it still doesn't mean he's going to be terrible on lap one. I mean, he's not going to be thirsty that that quickly, right? And then on the restart as well. Like, come on. Exactly. So, yeah, C for Bottas. Okay, it's got to be. Yeah, C, yeah. Fans gave Bottas a B. Very, that's very generous. Very generous. Uh, that, that's one of those things. I know it probably he'll win in Sochi, but that has to be one of those races where you go like, if he can't win that, when is he getting a win? Mm. Because it's all there for him to win that race. It's. I feel like bizarre. he's dropped off. I know that you know. His confidence is shot. To, I think. Yeah. He hasn't really had any stellar performances that come mm. into mind. Like he usually has a few poles. We're like, ah, oh, Bottas is great at qualifying. We've not really seen that as much. I know he outqualified him in Austria, didn't he? But um, and that was because, and then yeah, yeah the I wouldn't be surprised if penalty the pressures getting to him, especially with all the surrounding talk about his seat and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Maybe, like, maybe. Anyway, um, so B for Bottas from the fans. Uh, Verstappen, uh, very difficult. I mean, we have a small race to judge him on, uh, and a sprint an race. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. A. Yeah, I've gone an A as well. Uh, and the fans gave him an A. Perez, D. Maybe even E. I've gone for E. <laughs> I think that's just yeah. I think I think because yeah, it's obviously it? including the the sprint and qualifying as well. And for him to be the victim of making a mistake in the sprint and being the one that drops to the back and then doesn't really come through the field, it's he's kind of ruined his whole he was, weekend. He's kind of stuck in a DRS train <clears throat> uh, after yeah. his mistake in sprint quali. Um, but Gasly, Gasly so weirdly, kind of ruined this race a bit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna go for an E. I think. Expand on that, Tommy. 
yeah. Well, sorry, I guess I didn't know if you guys knew what I was talking about. Obviously not. Um, the the fact that uh, Gasly was trying to get past an alpha, uh, Romeo, and um, Perez was behind him. And because of the DRS train, Perez could never get close to Gasly because Gasly had the DRS to the Alfa Romeo. And it was interesting to hear that the Channel 4 commentators were like, Helmut Marco needs to be on the phone to Gasly and tell him to get out of the way, which that's another interesting uh, thing that could come into it and probably something that wouldn't sit right well with fans if the, uh, the B teams start now getting involved in the championship. I think that it could didn't cause really. chaos. Gasly they, but no, no, he didn't. No, so, that's that's um, what I mean. They're just running their own race, so, which is good yeah. to see. Cool. Um, so, Katie, who, what are you giving to Perez? Um, I gave him a knee as well. He, you know, it's clear that the Red Bull had pace. We saw it from Max all weekend. Um, and, yeah, ruined his race in sprint qualifying. That was kind of, he was like... Alonso was the star of sprint quality. Perez was the big loser from sprint quality because he binned such a you know potential brilliant result um and what could have been in the british grand prix had he been higher up that grid you know he could have been looking to get a good podium position there but instead was at the back of the grid and uh, yeah just like a very disappointing race from him and, it was he's, and he's needed yeah. he's needed as well because yeah he could have been he could have been in the mix and blocking Hamilton from his 10 second penalty and stopping him coming through the field. So they, 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 missed, they, missed it. they missed it even more. They missed him even more than they yeah, would have definitely. even if Max was in the race. So, Yeah, now with the, uh, there's only four points between the two with Red Bull leading the constructors now, which is uh, Massive a huge point. swing after, uh, after Silverstone. Um, and the fans gave Perez a D and we gave him an E. Lando Norris. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an A. Yeah. It would have been an A-star probably if he'd got a podium, although that was down to the pits. So I'm almost, I mean, I'm, no, it's, it's, it's an A, unfortunately, because we didn't know if we would have, he would have been able to keep Bottas at bay. So, uh, yeah, A for Norris. Uh, and the fans gave him an A as well. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, go on B as well. Oh, I went for an A for Ricciardo. Um, 14 just seconds I... back on his teammate. Yeah, but held off science and like fair play to him for doing that and yeah i just think it's just deserving of an a good good result fair fair i guess yeah for me it's just we've, I've, we've given like so ricardo a b for finishing in 10th and stuff this season so yeah. i feel like he needs a little bit of promotion otherwise he'll just get a b until he's like on the podium and then he'll get an a <laughs> i think for me i'll give him an a when he beats norris that's that's the uh that's yeah, my that's criteria uh, and the fans gave him an a as well so there you go um, Charles Leclerc, A star, easy peasy. Easy. Perfection. A star. Almost. Yeah. Almost perfection. Almost. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't begrudge him. No, no, you can't. Uh, and the fans gave him an A star as well. Uh, Carlos Sainz. B. Um, yeah, B. Screwed yeah, qualifying, B. but decent recovery, I guess. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, and, and if he'd had a, not had a slow pit stop, he would have finished P3, apparently, which I don't believe. But still, yeah, <laughs> good driver, good driver in the race. And uh, yeah, so a B and a B from the fans as well. Vettel, going to be an E for me. Spun on his own and ruined his race pretty much from there. I've gone for D, but I guess it's no different to Perez, really. No. But I guess I think- he, started well, he started well in qualifying. Unforced error, ruined his race, yeah. Uh, um, 
I, I mean, yeah. it's, in my head, it's the same as Perez in the sense yeah, that it's fair. an unforced error, ruins his race, or ruins his weekend, sorry. Yeah, true. And it's in the I'm... race, which ultimately mm. is the worst one. <laughs> yeah, I've gone for D, which is still not an ideal result, but I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like it's fair to compare to Perez because Perez is in a car that could win the championship this year and Seb's in an Aston Martin. I'm not saying that, like, you know, the mistake Seb made is not ideal, which is why I've given him a D. Um, but yeah, Perez threw away way, way, way more than Vettel did in an Aston Martin. Like, what's he going to do best? Like P8, P9? That's the reason for my yeah, D. I think he was but, fighting I mean, Alonso wasn't he, for P6 yeah. at the time. Because I think Sainz was Yeah, he was up there. But um, yeah, I'd love to give him an A star for his wonderful and wholesome litter picking with fans for three hours after the race, which is just yeah. the most Sebastian Vettel thing ever. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately not a great race from him. So are you sticking with a D, Tommy? I'm going for D still, yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, the fans gave him a D as well. Uh, Lance Stroll, I think it's a B. I mean, he finished P8. Um, yeah. Aston clearly had a decent amount of pace this weekend. Um, to, well, they both would have scored points had the battle not spun out. So I think it's a, it's a B. Yeah, made up a lot of moves on both starts. So yeah, good, good drive from Stroll. B. Yeah, B as well. Fans gave him a C, which is a bit, bit harsh, but there you go. Uh, Gasly, of course, had that puncture at the end of the race. Otherwise, he would have had P9, I believe, was it? Yeah. Uh, so, a bit still, of a shame. Still not amazing, though, is it? Yeah, Alfa Tauri's fallen enough. off a little bit, haven't they? Uh, mm. So, C? Yeah, I've gone C. Yeah, a bit of an average weekend for, for Gasly, and especially in qualifying, he had a disappointing quality as well. We're so used to seeing him really up there and, you know, around... P6, P5, that kind of thing, but that just didn't happen this this week. So yeah, C. Okie doke. And the fans gave Gasly a C as well. Uh, Sonoda, he scored a point, but still kind of C territory. He kind of inherited yeah. it from Pierre. Yeah, he, he did a crazy strategy, but um, yeah, he, he definitely was on the downfall of a lack of experience from like the, the short practices and the, the sprints and stuff, but made it back to get a point so it's just a average c really average c average uh, c and the fans gave him a c as well uh, fernando alonso finished p7 pretty decent beats his teammate again by just over four seconds course was the star of sprint qualifying i think i'm giving him an a yeah great weekend yeah, from a. him and the fans gave him an a as well ocon I'm going to give him a B, finish P9, only four seconds back from Fernando, just a little bit worse, but I don't think he deserves anything worse than a B. Yeah, it's, it finished higher up than I kind of in my head that he was, but yeah, that's decent. So yeah, I'll give him a B. Yeah, B as well. Oh, I love that. I like he's really so anonymous. Easy. I think like he's quite anonymous yeah, in just race. Kind of... And when it's ninth, it's like, oh, actually, that's a decent result yeah, from Alpine. Points, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, fans gave him a C, which was. Interesting. Okay. Kimi Raikkonen, of course, ended up P15, beaten by Joe Venazzi again. Although he did oh, have a it, was, it was Perez. the spin with Perez. Yeah, oh, they were fighting. He was fighting for a point. Yeah, he was. What happened. So was it Perez's fault? Maybe. Like, I don't think there was any further action. A racing incident it. kind of thing. Yeah. It was a, one of those then. midfield things where they just don't, they're, they're like, we've had a busy day with the Verstappen and Hamilton thing. <laughs> yeah, they can't do any more. Carry on. Uh, I'm going to give him a C. 
Oh, yeah, let's see. Oh, very in lovely. sync, boys. <laughs> lovely. Uh, and the fans gave him a C as well. Uh, Jovanazzi finished P13. C. Yeah, C. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's like giving him a C all the time, but he's not done anything. <laughs> it's just a yeah. C. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, P13 in an alpha is better than, like, being at the back of the grid, but I just... I don't know. I feel like if Kimmy was fighting for yeah. points, it's not fair to give Gio the same grade. So I'm going to go for a D for Gio, which seems harsh because he was slightly, like you say, so anonymous during the race. But yeah, I can't yeah. be giving them the same grade. I think that's fair. Especially like, I think maybe he'll just appreciate the D rather than a C for a change. Yeah, just he'll something a very weird. different. <laughs> <laughs> a very weird conversation. <laughs> Please don't clip oh, that. Oh, that is being oh, At least he appreciates it. That's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I've not oh, done one of them been, yet. It's been a uh, long week. <laughs> yeah, if, oh, yeah I'm God. sorry, guys, if the uh, energy is not as high as usual in this podcast. We are absolutely finished. Um, yeah, I think my Kimmy Raikkonen oh. was... Oh, okay. hello, Frank. Hello, Frank. Um, my Kimmy grade was kind of like a high C, and then I think I would have given the B had he scored points, and then Giovinazzi, I think, yeah, it's just like a mediocre, didn't really see you see. So are we giving him a C then? Tommy, are you sticking with the I'm C? I'm going with C still, I think. Okay, fans gave him a C as well. Uh, George Russell finished P12. So many opportunities to potentially get points, but didn't. Kept B. Messing up his start. Yeah, B. Yeah, I think B's fair. He did some pretty good um, stuff. Got through to Q3 again, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, just maybe the conditions weren't quite right because that you just seem to completely drop back. Uh, it's <laughs> it a sign of sign of how kind of far they've come that mm. George Russell's finishing 12th in a Williams and we're like, mm, B. Yeah. Rather than yeah. Like A star, which would have been two years ago, you've been like A star. <laughs> but yeah. So true. Uh, fans gave him a B as well. So there you go. Uh, Nicholas Latifi. I don't think I ever see him in the race. Just no. ever. He finished P14. It's not bad. Uh, he was not ball, far so. off George, to be fair. Yeah, that I was race. surprised by that. He kept up the pace with George. It's horrendous in qualifying, but he's <laughs> fine in the race. Still, though, I don't know if it deserves a B. I don't think it's a B. I've got to see. Yeah, C. And the fans gave him a C. Nikita Mazepin. Uh, well, he beat Mick Schumacher, I think, for the first time ever in he a did. race. Still not uh, seen the move that people were mentioning. Nope. Someone, someone was telling us in the clubhouse that they were at the corner. Mazepin went for a bit of a dive bomb, got past, and uh, was apparently quite a good move. So interesting. And his pace was actually all right. Does it warrant a B? No, no. no. <laughs> C for Mazepin. <laughs> it's a C, I and think. The fans gave him an F. Uh, was, your, was yours a C as well, Katie? Yeah, yeah I think I'd have gone for a C. And for all the people moaning, uh, just because I can imagine it already. You know, we're giving Mick Schumacher a B when he finishes 50 seconds ahead of Mazepin and yeah. in the C. So, like, you know, Mazepin... Not when they're like a couple of seconds Yeah, when they're a couple of seconds. needs to comprehend to be, beat him, really. Absolutely. And Mick Schumacher, also a C. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And the fans gave him a C. Perfect. Our predictions for the British Grand Prix. I went for Mercedes back to being fastest, which... Oh, How are you going to measure this? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to measure it by the uh, winner of... Sprint qualifying. qualifying. Yeah, please. Oh no, sorry. By uh, <laughs> by Friday qualifying. He said sorry. it. He said it. By Friday qualifying, who was on pole? 
Yeah, he wasn't on pole though. That's not technically pole. Who was fa- sorry? Okay, the Mercedes. Who was the speaking? Fastest. Who was fastest? Lewis oh, Hamilton. That is cheap points. That, that is a, lovely, a low blow. Cheap points. Sorry, Red Bull were absolutely unbelievable. That's why I said Mercedes back to being fastest after at the previous Grand Prix. So screw you, Tommy. That's a point for me. <laughs> and then also Alonso finishes top seven, and he finished seventh. Wow. Get in there, Lewis and Fernando. So double points for me again. GG's in the chat. Tommy. I went for sprint and feature race. Winners will be different because everyone Wait, thought it would be the team, same. Why are you calling it I don't know why I called it feature race. Sprint and main. Sprint qualifying. It's called sprint. It's not called sprint qualifying. It's called sprint. Oh, is it not? Oh, no. it, oh okay. <laughs> um, That's correct. Well done. Yeah. And then, yeah. And Russell points, which he didn't get. I thought you were Good going luck. to try and say that you finished in the top 10. Was pretty he did. Well, that was inevitable. Why did I make that prediction? Because it was so predictable that was going to happen. <laughs> so true. Uh, so one point for Tommy. Well done. And Katie? Um, I went for more tyre issues, which once again, I don't know how you can classify that. with. Well, yeah. So, no. There wasn't. No, I think you, no. think you need I think like, that, I explosions. Think that was really... and you wanted like, like a blowout or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it didn't really happen, uh, which is probably for the best. I don't really want tyres exploding. No. Um, and Leclerc took five in quality, which did happen. So that's at one point. I'll take one point. Well done. The fans, Mike underscore Cessator, four cars out on the first lap on Sunday. We had two, but not uh, not four. So half a point. No, you don't get half a point. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, R. Shepherd. 1433, Aston Martin both out in Q1. That was very extreme and did not happen. And being ex Raul 19, announcement of George going to Mercedes. So it's zero points for the fans this week. Unfortunate for you. Predictions for the Hungarian Grand Prix. I've gone for Charles Leclerc podium. And Norris gets his second out of top five finish. So he'll finish outside of the top five for the second time this season. Ooh. Tommy. Uh, Hamilton takes the lead in the championship. And Charles Leclerc gets his third pole of the year stop it <laughs> stop it don't be don't be saying stuff like that a day after my heartbreak okay I'm... you're reviving my hope and that's he's not... still very vulnerable <laughs> well, hungry should yeah. be very good for ferrari i'm yeah, really i'm, I'm really yeah, excited I, for that i think we've all gone very ferrari heavy predictions because i've What's gone yours, for Katie? both ferrari's top five in the race and i've said that russell will get through to q3 again Wow. Anything with George Russell, just throw it in there. Love it. And uh, the fans, uh, Bumblebot30, Valtteri Bottas win. Give you zero points now. LFC underscore Luke one. Feel like there's going to be another incident with Max and Lewis. You can take that. I'm not going to go anywhere near that prediction. No. G31 (laughs) says both Williams make it into Q2. I feel like there's going to be some points handed out this week. I think they did that in 2020, didn't they? Both Williams got through to Q2. Didn't they? They did it in France. Yeah, but at this track, this track last oh, year they oh, were. Right. Oh, right. Oh, did they as well? Oh. I think Brilliant. so. Mm. Oh, there you go. There's a bit of a nugget of information from Katie Fairman's brain. I'm just going to double check it's correct. One second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much it from uh, from us at the WTF1 podcast. Uh, Tommy, final thoughts? Uh, the Well, it would have been good to film at the clubhouse, but we couldn't because we were all very warm ran out of time for all the work we we're doing over the weekend but i i didn't get to say it in the other podcast because i just complained about the sun but what i will say <laughs> is uh that yeah the clubhouse experience that we had at silverstone you know our own campsite was absolutely amazing uh absolutely loved the whole weekend and it was just so for for me like one of the first times 
where I could truly see sort of how much like this brand helps like Formula One fans come together and enjoy the community and stuff. And we, you know, we had people that had, Frank's bored of my final thoughts, uh, uh, you know, come on their own to the, to the campsite and make friends for life there, which for me is absolutely awesome. So loved it. Katie? Yeah, just echoing the fact that the clubhouse was just an incredible experience. I mean, like you said earlier, we're all thoroughly exhausted, um, but it was just so good to be back at a racetrack, back with F1 fans, just chatting, having a good time, doing quizzes and just, yeah, like having the best weekend I've had in a very long time. Um, And yeah, awesome to hang out with you guys as well. Lovely. And my final thoughts are... Um, thank you to everybody that came and said hello to us at the British Grand Prix as well, not just yeah, yeah. Uh, coming and camping with us, but the huge numbers that turned out every single day. It's mind boggling the amount of you that decided to waste some of your time to come and speak to us three plebs. But uh, it was really, <laughs> really lovely. And, uh, you know, I just don't really want to see all the pictures that were taken because my face was full of sun cream and just the sun was just reflecting <laughs> off my forehead. But... I had a lot of nice low chin selfies as well. Oh, where... Yeah, love a chin yeah. selfie. <laughs> the shorter generation but, uh, yeah very <laughs> it was awesome so uh thank you yeah. everybody that came up and said hello and uh yeah that's pretty much it so uh thank you tommy thank you katie and we will see you for another podcast very soon bye selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.